Hi guys and welcome to Waiting in the Wings with me, Lucy and Anthony, live, live from, from lockdown. lockdown. Hello Lucy, how are you this week? How are you doing? How is life? Very, very well. It's very cold. The weather has taken a turn. It really has, hasn't it? It's actually freezing outside. I went out this morning just to get some stuff in the shop and actually was contemplating whether I should wear gloves. It's frost. Jack Frost is here. But it's suitable because it is, what, nearly December now. So. I hope everyone has their Christmas tree up and they're blasting Michael Bublé around their houses. Well, you've had the Christmas tree up for a month in our house, so... That's because Halloween ended and we needed something else to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Very, very true. So for um, anyone listening to the podcast who has not listened before, um, we are two musical theatre lovers who love all things to do with musical theatre. So we decided to create this podcast to speak about all things uh, that are happening on the West End scene, the off West End scene, I guess the regional scene. Um, but now, because it's lockdown COVID times, we've decided to change it a little bit and look at some of the fantastic music musical productions that are being streamed online. So this is our third episode out of four. Um, Some of our episodes before have looked at shows like Title of Show, uh, Marry Me a Little or The Barn Theatre. But this week we are going to be looking at the fantastic new musical Fiverr. So before we get into that, Lucy, how has your your lockdown week been? Anything interesting that you've been up to, listening to, uh, being involved in? Maybe. Well, I don't want to say that you should go to Twitter for the drama, but also go to Twitter for the drama. There's been a lot Twitter of... Twitter has been very dramatic this it week. It has, but there's been a lot of very interesting conversations that have been happening regarding um, musical theatre, new musicals, the definition between live streamed and streamed, and also online streamed. There's a lot of definitions oh. being flying around about this. Oh, and is there drama from that? There is, because a lot of creatives are now saying that you need to specify because of this new genre of theatre, whether you need to start using the correct terminology, because apparently there's been some shows that aren't, that are using the term live streamed for a show that isn't a live performance, but it is obviously being streamed live. Oh my god, they are coming for our podcast because we're live from lockdown. I know. We are liars. We are actual liars. I know. We're not live streaming it. We are live right now, but we're not live in your... When you're listening to this, we are not live from lockdown. So maybe... What maybe, maybe <laughs> Or maybe they are just atting us. Maybe they're the, at, maybe this... at waiting in the wings. <laughs> oh no, I've just I've just been seeing Twitter drama about people riffing, but that's all... That's the only deal that I've seen, which is a bit pointless. But oh, I'm going to have to explore Twitter a bit. I mean, I try and stay off Twitter as much as I can. And when I say I try and stay off Twitter as much as I can, I'm always on it. Um, <laughs> I try and stay off so... Twitter from the hours of 9 to 9 one every day. And then the rest of it, I'm constantly <laughs> on Twitter. So. Oh, interesting. No, I I haven't seen that, but I'll absolutely take a take a gander. Can you uh, point me in any directions? Is it is it a new musicals argument? I think it's more of the people that are kind of paving the way into Got the you. new streaming systems. Um, which, to be honest, like, I completely agree. If this is a new genre of theatre, then people do need to do their research and make sure that the definitions are correct. But then also, who's to say which is the correct thing? It's brand new. It's fresh. But also... Do we, is it a big problem if it says live but it's not? I don't know. That's I mean that's maybe it's, maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's to do with all the sort of hardship that goes into creating live theatre and the sense the sense of it sort of going wrong and all that stuff that maybe it's sort of false advertisement mm. if it's uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. Anything else you've been up to? Any any interesting things that you've been watching, listening to? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Oh my gosh, have you been watching it this week? Well, yes. So I used to. Ruthie be... Henshaw's on it, trying to make it back to me. I know. Theater. That's why. Ruthie that Henshaw's was the link. It, so. That was the link. Um, so I honestly think it might be the best piece of television I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and I. Th- it's also got AJ. AJ from Strictly. So yeah. Interesting, this might be a controversial opinion, but I do not think he is coming off very well. Oh god, he's... I've heard that he's struggling with the uh, the male contestants a bit. Yes, I definitely, th- but I think also he is coming off a little bit like, life, oh woe is me, my life is so hard. Like, oh god. He's, no, 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 like he comes off as a bit of a perfectionist. I just, you know, the stereotypical, like, oh, they're a performer, their hair needs to be quaffed. Like, basically, he was complaining because he cleaned the dishes and he managed to get the the tins to, like, a really high standard. And then he was complaining why no one else was getting them to, like, that higher standard. I'm like, ugh, you're annoying. But Ruthie Henschel um, taught everyone the opening of... um, all that jazz from Chicago and they all performed oh God, it and Mo Farah so was funny. great and um I think it would I think I would love to be I just want to be on I just want to be a celebrity not to be not for the fame the money or the chance to star in some amazing shows to be able to have the standing to go on a I'm a celebrity get me out of here and be dancing strictly come dancing you would never catch me on I'm a celeb but I do strictly that <gasps> would you never do I'm a celebrity absolutely not never you are not getting me to eat a witchetty grub ever. I, you know how bad I am with like tomatoes, let alone. I think I could eat a witchetty grub. They had to do this drinking trial. Honestly, it's the worst thing I've ever. And also <laughs> linking it again back to performing, Ru- Russell Watson. Someone just whispered it through the door. Russell Watson <laughs> um, performed Ness and Dorma. Like he was like oh, Ness wow. and Dorma. Yeah, it was very good. Sorry, what have you done in lockdown? That's not watching. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> To be fair, I've not done a I've not done a crazy amount. I watched um, Ratatouille this week to give me sparks for what I can contribute to the Ratatouille musical that's taking over the scene on TikTok. So, <laughs> Remy um, the Ratatouille. I mean, it's not not gave me any crazy big inspirations, but it was very enjoyable to watch that film because I haven't watched it in ages. And obviously, like the Re- the Remy the Ratatouille musical is insane, and I have to get more on that trend because it's incredible. Brilliant. So we are going to be speaking about, as we said before, the fantastic Fiverr. So interesting enough, Lucy, this is our first ever new musical, or I guess maybe it's not the newest musical because it's been around for a while, but technically it's not been uh, established for a while as a lot of the other shows that we have spoken about have. So um, some facts and figures for you about Fiverr. So um, it is a new musical I guess is what they still uh, qualify as uh, that looks funnily enough about the journey of a five pound note you know when you look at like the stories that say about like things it's like the journey of a young girl or the journey of a man trying to find love this is literally the journey of a five pound note um, as it gets passed between different people um, it premiered in 2017 at the crazy cox uh, live at Zadell. Uh, that I, I can't remember where that is exactly but i think it's near piccadilly circus um, and it then moved to the southwark playhouse in 2019 where it did a run uh, a sh- extremely popular run actually and then obviously now it is just been streamed uh, as a live concert from again the Southern Playhouse once again. So yeah, it's it's had a a sort of short history, um, but a fantastic history, uh, no doubt. Um, 
Obviously, before we start as well, just a disclaimer that these are all spoilers. So if you haven't watched Fiverr or want to, it's too late anyways, because it's finished. Um, but um, uh, if you know of people or have wanted to watch it, maybe hopefully in the future, then you might want to listen to another podcast first. Um, but obviously, if not, carry on. Uh, and obviously, these are our own opinions as well. So do not take them to heart. I mean, we're going to be talking about the amazing things anyways, but, you know, just in case, just in case. So our first segment that we like to do uh, is chatting about the theatrical experience. Obviously, it's been very similar every week because we're not in a theatre. We're not at the Southwark Playhouse this time. But was there anything stand out about this theatrical experience for you, Lucy? Interestingly, I um, didn't realise it was a live, like a live oh, yeah. concert, like live. So when... So the the obviously it opened and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I wonder when they filmed this. The fact that it's so like there was me, my little naive self. I'm not reading the description at all and being like, wow, this show is already socially distanced. They didn't have to do anything to change this. And then when they started um, breaking the fourth wall, and I was like, is this live? This can't be live. Is this live? Like questioning my entire existence. And then when they finally did say, oh, you know, we've brought this back. It's a live concert. So I was like, oh. And I did feel um, very like amazed by the whole production and how they managed to bring a very like electricity, the fact that it was live and the singing was so amazing. Like I was definitely more blown away by the performances because I knew that they were live. And when they did hit those high notes, I was definitely feeling in myself a more amazement and feeling just like, wow, live theater is the best. Um, But I didn't eat my dinner with oh, okay. this show which is a little <laughs> controversial thing and um I did find like halfway through I felt like really antsy but I don't think that's because of the theatrical experience itself it's the fact that it's me as a person felt like it was a lot of time to just sit and like watch tv yeah. in the evening and I was like oh yeah. I should be doing something I should be doing something but I think that's more of a me problem than the problem with this it was experience. very similar what about to you? What did you uh, think? title of show in the way that it was sort of set as a theatrical production so I guess did you did you log on at 7 15 or were you there at 7 45 <laughs> so I logged on at 7.15 thinking that the show started then um, and panicked because it was like, oh my goodness, I swear it said 7.45. But then they had like a slideshow of like all this information about the Southern Playhouse, um, but had like live audience, not live audience, that's like complete live, but sound effects of an audience talking. Um, so I feel like for the sense of it being a theatrical production rather than sort of more cinematic show, it was actually super, super interesting. And I really, really loved the fact that they tried as much as they could to make you feel as if you were in a theatre. They mentioned about, like, you could go get your drinks and, you know, turning down the lights and stuff like that. I just think it's super, super cool that, you know, uh, you're able to create that in your own home. I mean, again, there's that sort of disparity because I was sat in my bedroom just, like, with it on my computer as I was, like, doing something else. So it still, it still didn't click necessarily in that way, but... It was kind of cool that they're they're trying to simulate it as much as possible, and I really really appreciate that and uh, and admire it, especially in in these times as well. I think they're trying to make lightness out of a dark situation. Um, so we'll chat a little bit about the show first. It's actually a really a really interesting concept, I think. Um, so I think we'll just chat about all the things that we thought were super successful with the production and what we really 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 enjoyed about it. Um, any initial thoughts from you, Lucy? 
I just really enjoyed the the subject matter, which is so simple, which is literally just the journey yeah. of this five pound note, and the fact that the symbolism behind, like obviously the monetary value of of this five pound note, it just attached to like value in so many different ways. So like obviously you've got economical value, value in relationships, value in um, communication value in terms of time as well there's a lot of time like what well, they spoke a lot about the concept of time and you know the time you spend with someone and how can that that can mean something and all like quick and glances but it can change someone's day and luck and like that kind of thing whether you put where do you put value and what does value mean to you and I what I really appreciated was it was definitely a very different to a lot of the new musicals song cycles kind of like these concepts like when I think of concept shows like I do go to like the I love you because or yeah. you know like songs for a new world I guess in kind of a way it's, where it's, it's all around you know, the concept it's about these yeah. big themes yes yeah you know where it's about love or it's about relationships and I felt like it was so interesting to actually discuss like a symbol of a five pound note and all the different ways that they can... Yeah, I mean, I was, I, was, was I, um, I was reading something that said about... It, it's a show that offers this idea that a £5 note, its value isn't monetary, but more it's the value is in the hands of whoever's holding it. So, you know, for like for like mm. us, a fiver that we might give to someone for like a present or for something means more than it might do for someone who, you know, is a billionaire, you know, and it's just interesting that obviously that a five pound note is a five pound note and will always be a five pound note in monetary value, but it can mean so much more to that to different people. I also just loved how it was very quintessentially mm, British yeah. in the writing and the style. Um, there were songs that were reminiscent, like the rhyming tones and the the way that they um, explored character was very similar to stuff that you would hear in Six. And it was very similar to stuff that you would hear in like Jamie. And it had that like regional accent. It had a little bit of, um, you know, mentioning big places, you know, like the Costa Cups. Like it's stuff that's very quintessentially um, British. And it definitely had the feel, like it very felt very full familiar Absolutely, to me. yeah. Like a lot of the songs I have 100% like I've never heard before but it had that like that beat that like beat of Britishness and I was like oh I just love this I just felt like really at home and really safe in this musical um, and it actually if it made me think that I was paying a lot more attention to the lyrics and the storytelling Completely. I mean I know songs. we'll speak about this more about a concertized Be- version but yeah go on because I felt like the music and the melody was so solid in I knew I didn't know where it was going but I felt it fami- yeah, it completely. felt familiar it felt like I could kind of not ignore the music but the music was always underpinning and pushing the narrative forward where I could really hone in on the lyrics because I knew the kind of the journey of the music um, and I felt like then I could immediately relate and attach myself to the storytelling that was happening on stage. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because with a lot of song cycles, because they're so episodic, it's sometimes really difficult to connect to different characters because they, uh, you know, you only get them for a song. So you kind of meet them, you learn their story and then they move on. However, I felt like with this one, even though we did only have those couple of moments, especially with the ones in the first act where they sort of came in and then disappeared, um, that I still could really connect with who they were and what they were about. And I think it does sort of relate to that relatability annoyingly um you know it's it's that thing of you know who these characters are you know their story because it's linked to that sort of britishness and you know that feeling of knowing what a five pound note can represent to different people as well and i and i really like that and it again as you said the storytelling really was able to sort of push to the fore so i didn't feel like when i met a character that i was always disconnected to them in a way i suppose 
Uh, what about the music itself? Because it was a very eclectic bunch, wasn't it? I mean, I, as you said, it was quite reminiscent of Jamie Six, that type of stuff. Um, I, I really, really loved it. I thought there was something kind of for everyone, I guess. Oh, it was so powerful. The the harmonies and the intricate kind of overlapping. I love um, composers who can kind of take you on a journey, like musically as well as um, lyrically. And I think with all the different, those are folky styles that like you really got, a, you know, there's a sense of like in uh, the song that he was singing about um, his relationship with his girlfriend, the Scottish uh, man later on, you really got a sense of like the Highland folkness behind that music. And it was like this, um, the regionality kind of resonated in the music itself and the band and as well as um, the, the lyrics and his obviously very beautiful Scottish accent. Um, and I found like some of the group numbers, like their intricate harmonies, I was just completely like blown away and transfixed. And the fact that, you know, they did have their um, their folder out um, and they were reading it, but it never distracted me like whatsoever, like with the no, lyrics or no, anything no. like that. Like it, I never was even questioning, oh, like why do you need your folder? Whereas if I was paying for something on the West End, that would be quite surprising to see. But honestly, I didn't, I didn't begrudge them that at all. And it didn't, it didn't make, it wasn't distracting them looking down. And also like, I think we have to praise the the band for being so fantastic in a, in a live space, especially streamed as well. Like there was no hiccups anywhere that was so perfect. And um, yeah, clear as well. Yeah. The band were amazing. I, I, I loved the, and also the sound editing, the way that they streamed that, that was it. There was no hiccups, there was no pausing, there was no disconnect between the music and the, the singers, um, the performers. It was absolutely fantastic the way that that was designed. And also actor muso as well, technically, because we had um, Alex James Ellison, am I right in the name? Yep. Um, who also not only wrote it, directed it, and, you know, was in it, but also played in the band too so if you need someone that's you know gonna do everything it's it's this guy um but i thought it, it added a really interesting element to the way that the sort of uh musicality of the show was performed because uh you know he was a busker and he acted as a sort of narrator i guess mm. potentially yeah i think he was a sort of he reminded uh, me of the cockerel the... in peter pan not peter pan robin hood <laughs> oh robin hood <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely but yeah he sort of took us on the journey with the five pound note and i i really really love that and i thought it was a really interesting way to sort of just gently throw in actor musicianship into into a production what about the cast then Luce? what did you think about the fantastic cast there's only five of them uh three men and two women uh and it was just uh, yeah i thought they were all brought something really unique and exciting to the production in their own right all their voices were so unique and i think what i do um love about musical theater in the 2020s, I guess, if this is a new era of maybe of musical theatre, of the, the online or whatever. But I love how all their voices um, didn't sound stereotypically musical theatre. Like, I felt like Aoife Clesham, I think that's how you say her name, Aoife Clesham's voice was so jazzy at some points. There was growls, there was um, raspiness, and also there was that Pat song which she opens... Um, in act one like she that's her opening of her character which was so stereotypical like sondheim-esque like very fast da, 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 like oh it was just beautiful and they all had such a showcase of their talents and of of their voices as well like the different characters emulated different um singing voices which i know was so hard to not change your voice only in acting but also in singing as well um so i i was uh, blown away by their talent 
and also crazy versatile like they all play like a dozen different characters and also uh, it's really funny because you mentioned this the other day when we were speaking um we've obviously only seen luke bayer play quite similar roles he did jamie and then he did soho cinders which is sort of that you know young man trying to find himself in the world type character but to see him be able to perform like all these range of characters I thought was phenomenal and really, really showcased what a fantastic performer is. Like, you know, to go from, again, like a sort of younger male character to then jumping to be like a dad mm. uh, in the second act, I think is just just insane. And do that well is hard as well. And I think he really, really aced that. Unbelievable as well. Like, there was, there was no times where I was thinking, oh, like, I don't believe anything you're saying. I really did feel like, yeah, he doesn't look like a 50-year-old man, but the empathy and the storytelling and the love that he shared for his son was something that we can all see and relate to and really get behind and I really love that yeah yeah absolutely so I think one really interesting thing that I think is that we should definitely speak about and I know you've you've brought up a little bit about this before is that this was a concertized version of the production um, and they obviously did a fully staged version about a year ago over at the again the Southwark Playhouse so do you feel that there was sort of success in staging as a concert was there anything that you felt you missed out on uh, what were your thoughts sort of uh, on how they staged it as a concert and whether that was sort of successful in telling the story that they wanted to tell? I thought it was an absolutely perfect show to restage now, especially when there's so much in the world that is trying to push people apart, to, like actual physical you know things with our borders like we're in the wake of brexit we're in the wake of you know trump's leaving the white house yeah, like, like so political disparity yeah, as yeah well. definitely and there's so many shows that do um and celebrate and encourage you know like the differences and i think this was all about how there's like strength in communication and the value of friendship and the value of love and how you should you know care for one another you know like there's a lot of things that are going on and like if you're going to be anything in life be kind and I think that that was really emulated through this show yeah I mean it's it's funny as well because you know there's that whole thing about the rules of separation what's it six degrees of separation like you never actually think that you could be closer to someone because you shared a five pound note I know and I think that's so funny and I loved oh my gosh I love that moment where the five pound note came back into the hands of the same person again and I was like I wonder how many coins or five pound notes that I've actually like used again I wonder if that's ever happened I just thought that was quite um quite cool um and I also loved how there was even some things that maybe I was just having a very um analytical brain on but the value of you know when he came in to the coffee shop and he was like oh you know can I have a coffee for like a verse and a chorus like I'm not giving you a full song because and it was just like the value in performers the value in performing which is a bit so contested at the minute during covid being like what is the value in performance is it needed is the creative arts needed right now there's better things to put our money towards you know the theaters are closed and I was like that's actually such a political act to really present that on stage without it being you know at, you know, at Boris Johnson we are viable do you know what I mean but it was something that made me question I was like oh there's so many themes in this show that are really poignant to this moment like right now and how it was amazing that they kept the vibrancy and how it was um you know with all the social distance they didn't shy away from it they fully referenced it that you know that this is the part of the show where you know we'd go into the audience and do x y and z yeah. um you know we have to wear our masks and we're going to go off stage and then we're going to come back and you know we can't do this and I just thought it was a way to not ignore what's going on at the minute but not make it like we are a show about covid and we are socially distanced like and they changed some of the lyrics and I just thought I was like wow like such a just such a way to keep your show 
ever ever progressing and yeah and alive yeah especially as this is like this is a covid nightmare this show could you imagine the amount of rules that they'd have to go through with that passing of that five pound note like they would never ever be able to stage production of this (laughs) but i think they really successfully still told the narrative without having to do all the malarkey around you know how it passes through people and you know uh, and we believe it. We believe, yeah, you know, when they open the, the, the birthday card, they don't need to both be touching it to know that it's the same card. We we have that um, suspension of disbelief and, yeah. And it's, again, it's it's really nice to be able to focus on the music and the storytelling. I know there's a lot of productions that I see to tend to throw away a lot of that that quality in a production because they go, you know what, we're going to make the staging grand and big and have, you know, people jumping off of buildings and people flying through the air and stuff like that. But I think it's nice to, again, draw back to really the core of what this show's about, and that is connection. All right, on to our next part, where we speak a little bit about streamed theatre again. So this is our third one, and they're still different. Every one that we've watched is different, which I think is so awesome. Um, So do you want to sort of list the things that were different about this particular production? I know you've already mentioned one of the biggest standouts. Um, But yeah, do you want to go ahead and say what, what... was different about this to let's say marry me a little or title of show well i think this show was very aware that it was being live streamed there was a lot of um direct address to the cameras um there was a lot of eyeballing of the cameras there was a live interval where um alex who was the narrator as we already spoke about where he kind of broke the fourth wall is it even a fourth wall if it's a camera maybe it's like a fifth wall Who knows? i think it's still the fourth <laughs> yeah i think you use that in cinema terms so, um yeah. and he kind of was like oh, i'm gonna read out some tweets like we, he, they were very aware of the audience and kind of this you know like metaphysical kind of way and the in there because it's kind of this really tangible like, in-between world between the performance when they were like performing the roles and then also them just as people and as performers um there's a lot of like bobbing in the background and then like supporting others when they were telling their stories which was like lovely to see like it was so lush to see a cast that had such a strong tight connection and they were obviously so overjoyed to be performing again and so overjoyed to be doing this concert and it was just great and also hashtag fiverr musical was trending on twitter in the uk and i was just like that Stop, is what was we... it actually yeah oh my gosh that's amazing yeah and it was that's just i think that's just amazing um the differences probably between obviously title of show marry little were both pre-recorded so this was a live experience it did have i did feel the electricity of this show being live, that anything could go wrong at any time. Um, and my video glitched and I was like, oh, it's glitched. And I was like, no, that's just my internet. But <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it has that, um, that tangible, what could happen if everything went wrong? Um, what do you think? Yeah, so I don't know your personal opinions, but I think this was my favorite way of streaming live theater. And this is me saying it now, we've still got one more week to go. Um, but I think, as a just as an experience I think it just meant so much more and not in a way that the show was any more had more any more quality than the other shows that we've watched I I just felt it felt that 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 liveness of that theater it just again as you say anything can go wrong but I don't know I just I just enjoyed that I was sat there watching Alex in the interval reading tweets and like he was getting sent in photos of people who were like taking photos of him and like I just I love that and I it really sort of transported me into that space like even though I was sat in my bedroom like I, I don't know I really really love that I felt the closest to theatre that I have mm. yet if that makes sense um and yeah I mean it was nice I think there was like a, a, a line mess up that happened on one of the actors in one of the songs but like I 
honestly, it was probably one of my favourite parts of the show because I was like, oh my god, this feels so real, this feels so theatre because, you know, like, anything can go wrong, but, like, I think that they flourish in that, that that, that because, you know, something messes up, they've gone, yeah, that's the closest to theatre that that we'll ever get. And it's, honestly, it's a feat for the whole team, uh, especially Bartek, who was the guy that did all the streaming operation, to be able to put on something like this. I think that that is a feat in itself for a production team to come together to stream this live to have all those performers the musicians playing live the streamers doing it also like having set and like it is incredible to see that like as much as marry me and little and title of show were also fantastic in themselves they'd obviously done it in a space recorded it and then just put it online and went okay here it is for the world now whereas these guys were like oh my god it's we're putting it out to the world in the moment you know it's kind of that that adrenaline rush as well which i think is so much more exciting and I also loved how the, like, it wasn't just, as he said, but, like, the lighting design. Like, the full lights were going. Like, it wasn't, like, um, a wash. I loved the bars, the panels of, kind of, lights from the chairs. Um, yeah, I just thought it was gorgeous. And I also, I had a line, not a line mess up, but the song, you know, where they go, you know, Alex, it's about where, ha- the, 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 he does, like, a condensed version of where the five-pound note is going. And oh, yes, someone yeah, yeah. had to run forward and say something about yeah, the line was like shiny football cards and someone like ran forward and said, Oh, I, I something about a footballer and this guy the ran and he was like Ba-da-da-da! and then they were all laughing, like all their shoulders were going because obviously like he nearly missed his line in that in that section. And I was oh, like, Oh I just love that and like he was like laughing, playing the guitar that like, for the next section and yeah. I completely agree with you. It was just such a nice t- thing it's to just, witness. It's a different experience, I think. And I, I know being in that space, if we were there live, it would just have that, just that more impact. Everyone always says, you know, like film and TV is great and offers such great stories and all that. But like, there's nothing quite like the experience of live theatre. So this is obviously a new musical as well, Luce. Do you think that there is now opportunity to explore this idea of, you know, uh, being able to produce more new musicals for audiences because there's a big argument in the musical theatre scene that a lot of the stuff that's out there is either revivals, it's either adaptations um, from like big pop stars or like big, you know, commercially produced shows and the uh, the creation of new musicals is sort of very minimal in comparison to sort of the work of new plays which always are flourishing, you know, there's always something exciting coming out of the Royal Court. Um, do you think that this op- this opportunity of streaming gives producers and creatives and artists a platform or a better platform to be able to get new musical work out there i think for people who aren't avid theater goers i think this is definitely an opportunity to reach audiences and especially regional audiences for example you know my family live in newcastle they probably would never by there isn't there isn't new musicals being um shown in any of the theaters in oh, someone's gonna come for me now and be like actually there's one at this theater at this time <laughs> <laughs> but I, when i was growing up there is not a lot of um new musicals that were being shown like around where i live whereas the southwark playhouse obviously is churning out a, a considerable amount so i think this would help regional audiences definitely be able to access these new musicals in terms of accessibility though in terms of uh, from the monetary perspective obviously this um uh, uh, to pay for a link was 15 pounds um for and obviously that's per link so if you watch it with your entire household it is 
um, definitely so affordable, so much more affordable than going to the theatre. But if you're by yourself, I do think fifteen pounds is a is a lot of money. Um, what Netflix sit- is a uh, what seven ninety nine for Netflix? Isn't yeah, it, the whole month. So and yeah. you can watch so many so many shows. Um, but I don't. Th- I think. Um, it wouldn't deter me. I mean, obviously, it didn't deter me this time, so it wouldn't deter me again um, to watch a new musical. Um, but in terms of, you know, I already like musical theatre. I already like, mus- like new musicals. So, obviously, I would not question paying that. Whereas, I don't know if it would deter someone who wasn't an avid musical theatre fan to purchase the show if you didn't know anything about it. However, I think their experience, the live the live theatre aspect, the whole show together, like, I w- oh, my God, I would never begrudge... Um, I would begrudge myself paying the £15 to see Fiverr because it's an absolutely outstanding show. New musicals in the future, though, I don't know. It's so hard because, like, I think it's an amazing platform and I love live musicals and I think it definitely encapsulated all those feelings you get with the live show. I just don't know. I don't know if... I, I feel like, as yeah, as you say, in an idealistic world, I think it's a fantastic opportunity, like, oh my god, for reaching people that would never be able to see musical theatre, for be able to keep it recorded, but I just don't know whether there is enough, enough there for someone to be able to justify paying, you know, that much, if that makes sense, like, it, it's so tricky, and I think especially if you don't have, like, some recognisable feature behind it, you know, like, even just, like, a name, or, you know, uh, a title of a book or something, I think that is so tricky to grab the attention of the audience to be like, yes, I'm going to dedicate an hour and a half, two hours of my evening to watch this on my TV screen, especially when it's not got the budget that can do something like the Avengers, you know, like it's so hard because I think cinematic audiences, any film, any TV show, expect it. It it just has that quality to it where it's just like, you know, you can make it real. Um, And I think unless you've got something like Hamilton, which is so well known, so anticipated and so, uh, formidable as a production I think it's tricky to get audiences to go yes I'm going to dedicate that time to watch something that's technically on the stage like I think the reason why people enjoy suspending their disbelief is because they're there in the space with it I think it's harder when you're seeing it through a screen like I know I know I definitely struggle when watching a a, just a stage show online because it's like oh but they could just do the real thing you know like they could like let's say it's if it was Fiverr they could have gone to the streets and filmed it on the streets you know and I guess it's it's that difference between a movie musical and a stage musical is that like, you know, movie musicals you see in, in the flesh, in the real, not sorry, stage musicals you see in the flesh, but movie musicals, they can just recreate it for the screen. Mm. So uh, I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, it, it's fantastic. But whether audiences that don't like musical theatre, especially new musical theatre, would be attracted to that, I, I don't know. Okay, and now we're going to move on to our last section which is our conclusion of the show. So we're going to start with our awards. So we've got two awards that we're going to give out. Um, our first one is star of the show. So this goes to um, a cast member who we thought particularly stood out. Um, do you want to go first, Lucy? My star of the show is Aoife Clesham. I think she's an absolutely stunning storyteller. I think her voice is absolutely stunning. And I loved the versatility that she presented. And her lipstick. And her outfit. <laughs> Love that. Uh, my star of the show is obviously going to go to Luke Bear. I think it's fantastic to see him in a new light, I think, is the is the um, funny thing. Also, do you want to know an interesting fact about every show I've seen Luke Bear in? It's yeah. always been his closing night. Every time I've seen Luke Bear perform, it's always been his closing night of the party. Well, we him. saw Jamie, his 
Closing night in Jamie. Yeah, so closing, yeah. and then I saw his closing night in Soho Cinders. Like it's and like not even planned. Like I've literally just rocked up to be like, oh, I kind of. Are you stalking show. him? I think I'm Luke Bear's new stalker. So if you're listening, oh. Luke, apologies. <laughs> um, so backstage here. So this goes to someone who is obviously not on the stage, but works as part of the creative team or the production team to get this show on its feet. Um, I think I'm going to give it to Bartek. Um, I, I'm not going to pronounce his surname because I'm going to absolutely butcher it. But Bartek was the live stream operator. And I think uh, to be able to, as I've said before, to get this streamed and get it looking so professional um, and also with no fault, like nothing went wrong. And you'd expect that to happen with something like live and new and experimental. So I absolutely shout out to Bartek. He's already done so many fantastic things through lockdown with Adam Lenson and co. Um, and I think he just deserves, you know, fame and fortune when we get back on our feet again or now my unsung hero is actually going to the entire band oh that's new um the entire band and the musical director tom lees i thought it was an absolutely flawless performance by every single musician and i'm just so grateful that there are live um projects that they can perform and they can do their absolute best and they can play all those instruments um and i just thought they were just fantastic with all those different styles love the you band wonderful so if you have uh, not as yet please do subscribe to waiting the wings you can subscribe to us on all the musical things uh on spotify uh, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on our social media. You can follow me at Anton Underwood on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also follow our production company at Taximan Prod on Twitter and at Tax- and Taximan Productions on Facebook and Instagram. And what about you, Lucy? You can follow me at Lucy Helen Performing Arts on Instagram and Lucy Older Twenty Five on Twitter. 25. You're I the think new, it's 25. You're the new Antoine XOXO. 25 is a number. It's not three O's and a kiss. <laughs> um, so before we uh, say our goodbyes, we are going to give you the three clues that we have for our last show. This is one that we are so unbelievably excited for. I'm excited um, for the riffs. And we'll be... <laughs> <laughs> Not giving it away, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and this will be our final episode of Lock- Live from Lockdown Cries. Um, so, uh, the three questions all have a link to the show that we're going to be wa- uh, watching and talking about. So, question number one. Honestly, I think you're going to get it from the first one. So, the show was based on an opera written by the incomparable Puccini. Have you ever much of a fan of Puccini's work, Lucy? You love an opera. Um... <laughs> A fettuccine, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The pasta. (laughs) Number two. A green witch took one of the most pivotal roles in the stage show and the film, singing about cows and space. A green witch singing about cows and space. What? And then the final question is... I've got it. (laughs) Rachel Berry and Mercedes Jones duetted to one of the show's most iconic songs on Glee. And And that same witch played Rachel Berry's mother. That same witch played Rachel Berry's mother. So, those are our clues. I'm sure that you'll be able to guess them if you are a true musical theatre fan. Um, But thank you so much for listening to episode three. Uh, We hope you have a fantastic last week and also out of lockdown now. So, whoop whoop! uh, We hope to see you on the other side. (laughs) See you soon, guys. Bye, guys! Bye. Bye! Bye!